Hi, this is John Barnes, and you're listening to Copon. Oh, we fear our enemy's mind, the shape in his thought that resembles the cripple in our own. For it's not just his fear we fear, but his love and his paradise. Hello and welcome to a Copon special, you velvety dollop of melted chocolate. My name's Owen and those opening lines were from a poem called Love My Enemy, Enemy My Love by the contemporary American poet Rebecca Seifel. After this pesky international break stops dragging like RuPaul trying to heave a bag of cement down her driveway. One of the biggest games in world football will take place, featuring the once mighty Manchester United and the currently mighty Liverpool. To preview this game, I'm delighted to bring you a conversation I had with Charlie Menage, a lifelong Manchester United fan who shares with us us, the the cloud-born revellers at the top of the league, shares with us all the horror of what lurks in the depths of a Manchester United mind in these dark times for them. I'm delighted, 100% delighted to be joined by Charlie Menaz, who is a Manchester United fan, and um, uh, I want to start with a, a bit of a long question for you, Charlie, because... Uh, I want you to know that, you know, there are some Liverpool fans who are delighting in mocking Manchester United at the moment. But I am not like that because, you know, as a Liverpool fan, you know, we know how this feels. In July 2010, Liverpool appointed Roy Hodgson as manager and after eight games... Uh, Liverpool were 19th in the table with six points from eight games and a goal difference of minus six. As we talk now, after eight games this season, Manchester United are in 12th with nine points uh, from eight games and a goal difference of plus one. Um, We know how it feels to have an awful start to the season. uh, but of course, famously, this is uh, the worst start Manchester United have had for 30 years. Uh, given the amount of managerial change at Manchester United over the last few years, Charlie, and let's remind ourselves, you've had uh, Moyes, Van Gaal, Mourinho and Solskjaer. Would it be right to get rid of another manager now? Because like Roy Hodgson, he just doesn't seem to be the right fit for Manchester United. Um, okay, first of all, uh, Owen, thank you very much for having me on the show. It's uh, um, delighted to be here. It's uh, you know, even though I'm a Man United fan, I do uh, love listening to your podcast because uh, you have very, very um, interesting uh, insights, uh, not just about Liverpool but just about uh, football in general. So thanks very much for having me on the show. Um, as you can hear from my accent, uh, everyone probably will think, oh God, not another uh, uh, United fan, not from Manchester, but. Um, I guess just to to say that um, I started sporting United in the in the 90s when I first saw uh, Eric Cantona, um, and that's probably why my love of uh, France kind of uh, stemmed, and, and now living in Paris um, uh, as a result. Um, but yeah, um, it's a very very good point. A lot of uh, change in, in recent years, and for me, I mean, it's 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 tricky because obviously uh, you know. Growing up as a United fan, I, uh, one of my favourite players was Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. And 
the first email address I ever created was uh, olligunnersolshire20 at uh, hotmail.com, which is, um, was a nightmare for, for spelling. So um, the, 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 the thing for me is obviously as much as I, I love uh, Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer and, and from his playing days, it's true that he does seem like a bit of a fish out of water despite having a fantastic start to his managerial um, career with United. And I think you know, we we saw that at Cardiff, uh, it didn't work out for him at all. Obviously, he was very successful with Molde. Um, but you know, obviously, man, man, being manager of Manchester United is uh, is a huge, huge ask. Um, you know, because obviously one of the biggest clubs in Europe. But obviously, uh, everything that goes on behind the scenes that we don't see as fans, you know, with the board of directors, um, it must be a real, real impossible job. Um, as you quite rightly said, it's been worst start in, in 30 years so it's pretty dark times for um, United fans at the moment but you know in a, in a way you know, I kind of uh, there's always a bit of romanticism supporting a, a football team that uh, they're doing uh, terribly badly I know for well because my home team are York City FC and uh, and yeah no, it's a, a pretty 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 similar situation so uh, maybe it's a you know it's a, it's a real renaissance at the moment it'll get rid of uh, you know the glory the glory glory hunters and and uh, and as Roy Keane famously said, the uh, the prawn sandwich brigade, and actually, maybe you know, it will be uh, the the true United fans that are going to stick with them during these dark times. Who knows? But um, yeah, I mean, uh, what can I say? Yeah, I guess your question uh, was regarding uh, whether we, you know, Oliver Gunnar Solskjaer should stay. I mean, I think that he he should be given to the end of the season. I don't think there's any point in uh, in in changing the manager now. I mean, obviously with. Uh, there's a lot of rumours around Pochettino because obviously Spurs have had an equally uh, dire start to the, to the campaign. So maybe, you know, he might be someone that United is starting to eye up already. Who knows? But um, for me, uh, you know, I like the way that Solskjaer is uh, really giving uh, young players opportunities, like the likes of Greenwood, uh, who's come through and, and made quite a bright start. Um, however, I do think that he has been slightly naive. I mean, when you... And you see that, you know, he sold Lukaku uh, to Inter and obviously, you know, people are very quick to say, yeah, well, you know, the Italian league's not like the Premier League, so he's obviously going to do well there. That's true. Um, but it's it's meant that with Sanchez going on loan as well, it means that United have been very, very short of options up front. And uh, a lot of people have been criticising Rashford and, and, and saying that, you know, he's, he's, he's out of form. But we have to remember that he's he's going to be 22 at the end of October. You know, he's still so young, and you know he's had um, very little support up top. Even uh, you know, service from his field as well has not been uh, great either. So he's got a lot on on his shoulders, and um, you know, injuries as well. We've seen that um, Martial he's been out. Um, uh, so you know, Rashford's had very very uh, little support up uh, um, up front, and. Um, you know Greenwood, yeah, he's he's a great, great young player, but still, he's you know he's only 18 years old. So um, I think that yeah, maybe Solskjaer has been uh, slightly, he has made some decisions which maybe uh, you know we can we can point at the fact that um, against uh, AZ Alkmaar, United had zero shots on target, and and that's been a real problem. So um, yeah, maybe in January he'll look to you know, bring in uh, you know, some more attacking options, but. Uh, at the moment, yeah, you can't really see uh, where the goals are going to come from because the service in midfield, as I mentioned, has been has been pretty poor too. I mean, he seems very uh, intent on uh, on playing, uh, you know, the likes of Pereira and, and Fred, but 
they really look 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 like like sorry they look like they are they're not uh, they're not up to it um you know we spoke about injuries and yeah we've had you know um injuries to to Pogba and uh, and also, you know, the likes of uh, Wembezaka who had tonsillitis the other day, um, so why he didn't play against Newcastle, and uh, and Luke Shaw, he's been in in and out of the team, and and Eric Bailly as well, he's been injured as well. So, you know, Solskjaer has also been unlucky, I would say, uh, with the amount of injuries that he's had. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's an excellent answer. Um, so yeah, you would give him to the end of the season, give him time to invest in January. Um, is it a question? Do you think of just a couple more of more signings and things can look a lot brighter? Because you know, in in terms of a positive, I think you know Harry Maguire seems to have steadied the defence pretty well, and Wan Bissaka, when he's played, uh, has you know at least been solid defensively. So. Maybe just a couple of signings, uh, you know, you're just a couple of signings away in January from at least, you know, a, a major improvement. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I think also you have to be quite careful with the January transfer window as well, because obviously, you know, we know that that's where you don't really get uh, value for money. And, uh, you know, I think that, uh, you know, we mentioned the managers earlier, you know, Van Gaal and, and Mourinho and, and David Moyes, you know, they've, they've always been backed by uh, the board, you know, when it comes to the transfer market and they've had you know, millions to spend. You look at Lukaku, 75 million, Di Maria, 60 million, Fred, 52 million. So, you know, the money has been there for the managers. Um, does that mean that United need now to go and, you know, spend another 100 million uh, or if not more on players? I'm not sure. I think that, um, you know, defensively, uh, you know, They've already got. We've got twelve defenders uh, in the first team, and you know, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer doesn't seem to quite know what his best back four is. I mean, obviously, everyone will agree that uh, Wan-Bissaka has been an excellent signing at right back. Um, you know, Luke Shaw when he's fit. I, you know, I really like at left back, and then it's a question of you know who do you pair at centre back? And I think that ever since uh, you know Lindhoff came into the side, he's always looked very very nervous on the ball. Um, he's improved recently, that's for sure. But I think that. Uh, you know, a lot of there's still a lot of big debate as to who uh, is the best person to um, to partner uh, Harry Maguire, who uh, was excellent again last night uh, for England actually against the Czech Republic. So um, I thought that um, Tuan Zibi played extremely well in the first half against Arsenal, but he was being played out of position. He was being played uh, left back, whereas actually, he's, uh, you know, uh, his favourite position is more of a centre back. And I think that. You know, he has real potential to become a very, very, very good centre back, and you know, maybe there's an argument there that he should uh, maybe kind of long term uh, take over his centre back um, with Maguire. Um, he's very strong uh, and and also very quick um, because obviously you know, Maguire he's he reads the game very well, he's very strong in the air. But one uh, people people criticise him for a little, a little bit is uh, lack of pace. So. Um, you know, Twan Zibi is a very good um, option there because he's got you know the pace to you know cover for Maguire if needed. So, in terms of the back four, I think that um, I don't really need to make any any signings there. And obviously, De Gea, whilst his form has been a bit patchy, he's still a world class goalkeeper. So, um, I think defensively we're we're okay. It just means that you know looking at midfield, um, you know I mentioned um, Fred and Pereira earlier. Uh, you know, really haven't uh, you know shown much quality in recent games. Lingard as well, another player who's out of form. Uh, you know, very really needs to kind of uh, find that form that he did when he first kind of broke into the United side. Um, but uh, yeah, maybe maybe uh, you know um, 
one one or two signings in in January could help. But then maybe let's see what happens with Greenwood. You know, he's said he's a very very young player, uh, eighteen years of age. Um, he's obviously going to keep given his chance on the Solskjaer and he might you know start uh, some goal goal scoring form. So. I would be quite hesitant to go and you know, splash, splash the cash in, in, in January. Um, I think that, uh, yes, OK, probably this is not the best United team that we've seen on paper, but it is a very, very young side, and that seems to be Solskjaer's philosophy. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, if you can, if you can get a, uh, yeah, a couple of bargains in January, why not? But uh, Daniel James, uh, we haven't mentioned yet, but he's a very, very uh, exciting young player with plenty of uh, pace and, and not afraid to take on defenders, which is what we like to see, um, you know, as, as Giggs did when he first came into his career in the 90s. So, um, yeah, I think my answer in, in short would be, yeah, let's not go uh, uh, spending hundreds of millions uh, 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 in January where you, you don't really seem to get um, value for money. Well, that's very interesting. And uh, another thing against the idea of spending loads of money would be also the wages, which is something that we haven't... Um, mentioned yet because I think this is it this is I mean it could be a huge problem uh, for you I found a comment on the the Guardian uh, website from a, a United fan called Sean King and he says you know regarding the managers he said Solskjaer Pochettino whoever it makes no difference who's in charge of United while their wage structure rewards mediocrity to such an outrageous degree would you agree with that that this wage structure is is actually a big problem for United or is it something that you know can be fixed if you sell some of the high wage players no I think that's a, it's a very very fair point I mean you look at the amount of money that Alexis Sanchez was on uh, well it's still on actually because uh, you know obviously Inter Milan are not uh, paying his full wages so yeah it's a huge problem because uh, you know you look at these young players coming through and they see the, the gap uh, you know uh, with some of the more senior players um, and, and obviously it means that players coming to United you know are they, are they just coming for, for the money or do they actually care about the club or is it just yeah, just to get a, a nice paycheck at the end of the month. Um, where's the incentive there? Um, you look at uh, Spurs, uh, on the other hand, you know, they've always uh, had a cap on, on, on their uh, wages budget and, um, you know, they've still been able to, uh, you know, attract good quality players. So, no, I think that there's a, there's a very, very strong argument there to, you know, that the wage structure really is, uh, is an issue. But, I mean, what, what can you really do? I mean, when you've got Pogba there, I mean, he's, I mean, he's 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 a fantastic player on his day, but you know he he uh, is also one of the highest earners, and um, yeah, he sometimes he, you know his, his attitude maybe maybe questioned regarding you know a lot of his uh, you know image and social media and and, uh, and you know the eyes in, in in the press, but um, yeah, no, I think it's uh, it's definitely a, an issue for for the club, and uh, but you know it's one of those things where maybe it's. Uh, uh, the best, the only thing you can do is then sell off the, the high standards, but then you're, li- you're left with you know, very, very few qualities. So, yeah, it's very, very difficult. It is difficult. Um, and, uh, you know, but I wonder if, you know, a way out of it might be to, um, you know, to sell all of them to accept that, you know, 
you know, just to lower the expectations a little bit, but then, you know, forge a new identity. As you say, like Solskjaer is investing in youth in the, you know, excellent young players you have, like like Greenwood and Twan Zabi, you know, so just make that the identity of Manchester United in terms of attracting the best young players to get a bit of hunger into the game, because maybe that's a little bit of what I've seen is... Is, is lacking with this wage structure that you have. But let's move on um, a little bit to, uh, to, to, to the lineups. Um, in your last match, let me just bring it up, uh, the 1-0 defeat against Newcastle uh, at St James's Park, you, you had uh, De Gea in goal, uh, a 4-2-3-1, which has been quite standard for United this season. You had um, Maguire and and um, it says Twan Zabi at centre-back here, Diego, Diogo Dallo and Ashley Young in the back. And then in midfield, Fred and McTominay holding with, in front of them, Daniel James, Juan Mata and Pereira. And then Marcus Rashford uh, up front on his own. Um, would you expect something similar uh, against Liverpool? Or it depends on injuries as well, doesn't it? No, definitely. So, yeah, first of all, it all depends on, on injuries. Um, and you know, even more so with the uh, international break this weekend. You know, who knows? Uh, you know what? Which players are going to be fit? Um, you know, uh, come the twentieth of October. So, um, I'd be a little hesitant to kind of uh, try and you know dictate uh, what the what the starting lineup is going to be. But I mean, if it was if in an ideal world, and, and let's say you know all all players were uh, free of injury, I'd probably. Uh, you know, go with what I said before. So uh, De Gea and goal, and then the back four. You'd have Juan Bissaka, uh, Twanzibi, Maguire, and, and Shaw. And then um, I think that you know, obviously Liverpool. We all we all know how strong they are um, at the moment. And you know, going forward, I mean, they're just lethal. I mean, it's unbelievable. Even despite uh, Mane and Salah having a few uh, you know uh, rifts from time to time. I mean, it's. Uh, they're an extremely formidable force. So, um, uh, despite Solskjaer um, being reluctant to pay, play uh, Matic, I think that maybe bringing in him in would maybe kind of try and uh, you know break down uh, you know, the, the midfield and and the uh, opportunities that Liverpool can uh, create. So, I'd maybe you know go with both Matic and McTominay, who, by the way, has been, in my opinion, you know United's best player so far this season. He's just really you know, improving so much from game to game and, and really, really joy to watch. I think he, he reminds everyone is like a very young uh, Michael Carrick and, and you know, just, yeah, just been one of the uh, real highlights uh, in during these dark times. Um, and then obviously, you know, be, uh, you need to have um, Pogba in big games like this. But, you know, again, as we mentioned before, sometimes he, he just doesn't turn up. So let's hope that we can, uh, you know, see a very, uh, you know, world-class Pogba. And then, I'd probably go with uh, you know, Matic on the right and James on on the left. Uh, and if if Martial is fit, then I'd pair him up up top with uh, with Rashford because, uh, as I mentioned before, he's been very isolated up on his own and and uh, and it just hasn't really worked for him. So that's probably what I would I'd go for. Um, yeah, I think I've just got well, unless I've just got if I put twelve players in there maybe. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, probably in the midfield, probably yeah between. Pogba and Matetri. Um so yeah, so that's probably what I'd go for as a, a starting starting lineup. But yeah, as we mentioned, very much uh, based on injuries. Yes, because I heard that there, you know, there are rumours that Pogba could be out uh, injured as well for this one. But 
we shall see. Um, uh, regarding, I mean, you know, obviously things are not going too well for you, and um, but you know, if you were to say any, you know, particular weaknesses, any anything you're particularly scared about, you know, from from the Liverpool team, or you know, weaknesses that Liverpool could exploit. Uh, I think, to be honest, it's uh, it's how can I say this? I think. Uh, Potential weaknesses. I mean, I think the, the real weakness for United at the moment is that they just cannot seem to score. I mean, as we mentioned, uh, they didn't have a single shot on target uh, in the Europa League uh, last week. So, I mean, the real uh, weakness uh, for us is scoring. So, I think as long as uh, Liverpool stay stay solid at the back, uh, and uh, you know, I mean, they should do with you know, likes of Van Dijk is obviously a world class player. I don't see. Uh, unfortunately, for United fans at the moment, despite being at home, I don't see, uh, you know, really uh, how Liverpool cannot win this game in the form that they're in. Um, I think probably the best United to, to hope for is probably a nil-nil, nil-nil draw at this stage. But um, maybe maybe I'm being a bit too harsh. But um, yeah, I'd say yeah, the weaknesses for us is really scoring. So as long as Liverpool can, uh, you know, keep 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 the solid back four, I don't see them uh, having an issue. Well, okay. Um, yeah, thanks for that. Um, it's uh, well, yeah. I think we we do have a great defence uh, this you know this season, and uh, Allison should be back for us. Uh, but there's something about these games. It seems it's it's very very odd how the roles seem to have reversed. I mean, I remember throughout the '90s that you mentioned uh, before when you had you know a number of great teams that were rebuilt, and then in, into the 2000s as well. Liverpool were always floundering. Um, we spent also spent a lot of money in the transfer market, but we were you know mostly for most of those sort of 20 years we were quite clearly um you know a level or two below manchester united which was uh, you know very difficult for us to take but um you know so my question is what pissed me off in those years it royally pissed me off it really pissed me off was the way that our players would put on an extra special effort against manchester united and you know we got we had some great results against you in in those 20 years and then we wouldn't put in the same effort game to game and this is something i was wondering if it if it would piss you off to see that manchester united suddenly play a lot with a lot more heart no, not really. I'd be delighted if I, if they started playing with a bit more heart. But um, uh, no, I mean, it's a, it's a good question. When I when I watched the uh, United Arsenal game uh, a couple of weeks ago, you know, that was always another fixture that people talk about. You know, the big rivalry between the two clubs, and I, I didn't really feel that there was uh, any more in, you know intensity there or any more uh, uh, yeah any more effort on the half of the players than there would be for any other team. Um, so I mean, if against Liverpool, I mean, I'd just be delighted if they were actually uh, able to put in a decent performance because actually, you know, just some of the games that we've been you know seeing you know, against Newcastle and and against uh, you know AZ the other night, you know, it's just been very very dull uh, and and frankly quite boring to watch. Um, you know, the last uh, it's no secret that the last uh, away game that United won uh, was. Uh, uh, was against PSG back in March, and I was fortunate enough to be um, in 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 the stadium for that game, and that was just one of the most you know, exciting games I've ever seen live. You know, not just uh, you know for United, but 
you know any sporting fixture that I've I've actually witnessed live. And uh, you know if we could recapture uh, you know, the uh, the atmosphere in, in the ground then and and and, and have that um, against Liverpool, that would be uh, that would be extremely extremely uh, welcome. But you know I, at the moment, as we said, it's very dark times. I don't really see that happening. Um, but you know maybe I'm being too too pessimistic. Well, I'm sorry, sorry to hear. I'm sorry to hear. I really am. I mean, I know we're rivals and stuff, but uh, you know, it's uh, you know, I, I, I do, I, I completely sympathise because I know what it's like. This feeling when you want your team to be a lot better than they are, unfortunately. But uh, you know, um, in how do you how do you get back there, Charlie? I mean, you know from this point i mean obviously there's you know there there are you know myriad of problems we've we've talked about some of them how do you get back up to the top when you know city and liverpool uh, especially look 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 like it you know um you know don't want to sound arrogant but look like we're in a, in a different league oh, yeah no completely completely you know you are in a different league and that's uh, yeah that's the sad thing and uh, um how do you get back from it well i think the first thing you know you have to uh, you know, uh, take it step by step, and the first thing is to do is just to target that top four spot because you know, unless if United keep playing in the in the Europa League, then no one's actually one going to come and come and play for us. So first of all, you need to focus on 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 top floor and then and try and build from that. But I think probably the uh, the key factor really in this is is time, and you know. I'd really hope that uh, you know uh, they give Oli uh, time and hopefully give him at least till the end of the season and, and see what happens from there. Uh, because you know I can't see how just chopping and changing managers every every year is going to help things. Um, because you need to find that stability in the team, and I think that um, you know United should always you know attract top players just because of the the history around the club and and uh, and you know as we mentioned before, obviously the weight strike as well. It should be should help. But um, no, I mean uh, yeah, at the moment City and Liverpool look so far ahead that it's hard to see. Um, how they're going to come back, but yeah, it's like focusing getting that Champions League, you know, and then um, and you know more importantly, um, bringing these young players through, which Solskjaer does seem to be doing, and actually having players that actually want to play for United and not ones that are just coming for uh, coming for vast sums of money, um, like we've seen uh, like we've seen in the past. So um, yeah. Well, yes, excellent, excellent answer. Um, yes, it's uh, yeah time. Time and patience, uh, difficult things to find in modern football. Um, but okay, uh, just finally then, Charlie, uh, what's your score prediction? Uh, my, well, okay, uh, I will. Let's hope for a nil-nil draw. Um, but yeah, I I think that's probably a, um, let's say I probably shouldn't say this as a fan, but um, yeah, I'd say that's probably a uh, optimistic uh, prediction. But I think probably. Uh, Liverpool should win quite comfortably. I would have thought. So yeah, let's go for a let's go for a let's go for a two-one Liverpool win. No, that's boring. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go three-two. Let's hope it's going to be more exciting. Let's go for a three-two Liverpool win. So there we are. Thank you so much to Charlie. Cop on, in case you haven't realised by now, is dedicated to you. You beautiful listener and the worldwide Liverpool FC family as a whole. Uh, so if you'd like to, please do get in touch with us via email, coponpodcast at gmail.com or alternatively you could support us on patreon.com forward slash coponpodcast for as little as one dollar a month. We're still cheaper than chips. Or follow us on Twitter at coponpodcast. 
So on we roll into Sunday then, when the Reds go into battle. Um, until then, walk on. That's all I've got to say. Walk on, my sisters and brothers. Walk on with hope in your hearts. Up the Reds, the mighty Reds, the rocket Reds. Jürgen's boys, we're going to do them, aren't we?